0: Welcome back to FinTech Business Podcast. Today I'm speaking with Zahir Koja, the CEO of Wave. Wave is a bookkeeping, invoice, and payments platform for SMBs. Zahir, thank you for joining me. I don't usually do this. Uh, but I was looking at your LinkedIn before we hopped on and find that you have a really interesting background uh, compared to a lot of people I speak with in the the payments and in, in fintech space. So before we jump into talking about Wave specifically, I'd love to hear a little bit more about uh, your background, including your prior experience at firms like Rashan Telcom and Grameen, uh, which is actually close to, close to my heart. Um, and how those experiences shaped how you think about financial services and fintech.
1: Yeah, hi Jason, and thank you for having me on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to uh, to be here. Um, let me give a little bit of a background uh, on on myself first. So I'm a South African born Canadian. Uh, my parents left South Africa during apartheid. So I was five years old um, coming into Canada. You know, I saw my father have to. Um, struggle and hustle to to really build up uh, to build up his career, and I also saw family members you know in manufacturing and retail, so that kind of instilled that entrepreneurial spirit from a very young age uh, in me. Now, I had you know I grew up in Vancouver, but I've spent um, a good part of my adult life in countries like Afghanistan, which is Roshan, and I'll explain a little bit about that in a bit. Um, Singapore, Dubai. New York, and now San Francisco. And all of that, I I bring that up because that is really rooted in and reinforced the importance of understanding culture. And within there is understanding uh, financial literacy amongst the various different countries that I've lived in and worked in that really helped me to understand how to best bring products and solutions to market for underserved uh, communities. And so going back to, you know, my father, I watched struggle and, and hustle and do all the things that an entrepreneur entrepreneur does. But all of that became real when he eventually came to own his own uh, automobile dealership. And so he invested into learning the industry. Um, I started my career working for big brands. I worked in telecommunications companies uh, in Canada, I got involved in mobile while I was at TELUS, and that ignited passion that I have for mobile, mobile technology, and everything. So I knew a lot about mobile. I didn't know much about payments, and an opportunity came to me in Afghanistan with Roshan to start up a business called M-Pesa. And like many of us, in 2008, we probably all watched TV. We saw what was happening in Afghanistan at the time, and you know I wasn't jumping up at the opportunity. But I thought if I could live, it's a great opportunity for me to give back um, into a community, into a into a market where um, they probably need a lot of support, to help build. And I have been fortunate, having come from South Africa into Canada and being educated uh, and experienced. When I arrived in Afghanistan, what I realized really quickly is that ninety seven percent of the population is unbanked. of the population is unbanked. And so I learned and I witnessed firsthand the critical, the importance of inclusion. And I'm going to split inclusion into two pieces. One is digital inclusion and the second is financial inclusion. And why I talk about digital inclusion is what I realized in Afghanistan is people wanted identity and associate themselves with a bank did not give them that identity because they felt they weren't, they didn't belong. And so what we were able to do from PESA is bring the bank to them on their mobile phone. They were now able to move money, whether it's peer-to-peer payments, merchant payments, buying airtime, storing money. They were able to do this on on their mobile phone. And so that was great to see. And it really spurred a lot of great learnings. One of the learnings that came out of it was um, how women started to adopt mobile money. So prior to M-Pesa, they were doing work and they were receiving cash. And that cash virtually was going over to their spouses. Um, with mobile money, they're able to keep the money in a digital format. And so now if they want to expand their business and buy new equipment, if they're a seamstress, and they want to buy another sewing machine, they want to employ somebody or they want to pay for their child's education or their own education, they have the means to do it. And so what we started to realize is that financial inclusion really has the opportunity to turn a generation out of poverty and really lead to um, improved equity and, and gender balance within a, within a market. Um, Similarly, in my role as uh, advisory board for Gr- Grameen Foundation, and you, you mentioned that uh, you're, it's close to your heart as well, as you know, they help the world's poorest people, um, a lot of women, improve their lives and escape from poverty by giving them access to financial services such as loan savings account. And when Mohammed Yunus started the foundation and started Grameen, that was really the, the, the impetus behind it. And so for me... Um, Inclusion and driving organizations and driving communities to be better than they are today, better than they were in the past, giving them the ability to eradicate poverty, but be recognized as community, be recognized as an individual within the community that you serve was really important. And, you know, I'll end by saying I had the privilege at MasterCard of working with Uh, who was then CEO, Ajay Banga, who is now the president of the World Bank. And one of the things that he said that just resonated really well with me, and it continues to be a touchstone for me, is you can do well by doing good. And that is really what helped, you know, when I think back to Afghanistan and the work that we did there to bring financial inclusion to the 97% of the population, um, and when I think about what we're doing today at Wave, which is really to bring solutions that allow an underserved segment of uh, of small business, micro business, to be recognized and do what they do well, that really resonates well with me. And so we want to be able to do well, uh, sorry, to do good, but it's okay to do well there because you can do more good if you continue to do well.
0: No, I... I love this story i mean it it hits on so many uh you know themes from from my own background you know from serving as a peace corps volunteer uh in the british west indies to you know living and working around the world um but i do i mean i do i cannot possibly emphasize enough how people in banking and financial services who've spent their entire career only in the us I, i really think it limits your perspective as far as what is possible, right? I mean, even thinking about something like, you know, FedNow, which uh, recently launched, right. you know, other markets uh, from UK, Europe, Mexico, Brazil have had these systems for for a long time. And, and I really think that whether it's, right. you know, underserved markets that have, you know, a unique set of challenges like Afghanistan, or other developed markets can provide points of comparison and points of insight that if you just sort of have blinders on and you're thinking like domestic United States, I really think that you sort of miss out on the opportunity to learn from what other people are doing and the kinds of approaches they're using to solve problems in their markets. I, I think it also is like really, Absolutely. really um, important to emphasize you know, the phrase i used when when i lived in san francisco at a, at a fintech there was getting out of the building right you know it's when you're sitting on right. the whatever 10th floor 20th floor surrounded by people who probably look and think a lot like you doesn't necessarily reflect um the the customer base you're trying to serve and so getting out there whether it's physically in person or through other means to understand what are the challenges the customers i'm trying to serve are facing and what do i need to do as a company you know as a product manager as a data scientist as a ceo to facilitate solving my customers problems i mean totally. you, men- you mentioned wave so i think you know that's what we're here to talk about yeah. um for <laughs> listeners who may be not familiar with the company can you tell me a little bit about you know, what you guys do and the kinds of customers that you serve.
1: Yeah. So we are, um, we're focused on an entrepreneur that wants to provide a service and get paid. Right. So very broad. If you, if you just use that as the definition, um, but this is a, this is an entrepreneur that is really focused on doing what their heart and mind um, is passionate about where, they, where those two things intersect and meet. And so things like accounting, bookkeeping, payroll, they're secondary. Those are the, you know, oh, yeah, I have to do that. And so we are designed for what we call service-based businesses, Um, things like freelancers, graphic designers, photographers, landscapers, that overlooked segment. And that segment, when you think about, Um, executives in a larger organization, they are every C-level executive within their organization because a company of one to three maybe, um, but relatively small. So that is the customer that we serve. And if you think about in the U.S., um, businesses with fewer than five employees today make up 92% of U.S. businesses. So the addressable market here is significant, it's big. And when we see investment in FinTech and innovation, that investment today is coming, is is primarily focused on consumer innovation. Uh, You do see some in the business side, but it's oftentimes uh, secondary. And so what we wanna be able to do is really use digital as a platform, use it as 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 a board, to make entrepreneurship easier for this segment of the customer. We want to be a voice for this part, for this segment that is underserved today so that they can focus on doing what they do well, which is running their business, their micro business, and that we can focus on doing what we do well for them. So when it comes time to prepare your books, when it comes time to submit your taxes, when it comes time to, figuring out how to get paid, it's okay. We've got you covered. And, you know, our our tools are simple. They're made for uh, simplicity. So they're not 100% everything that you could possibly build into an invoice or an accounting tool, but they're things that our micro businesses or small businesses need. And so we offer solutions like invoicing, accounting, payments, Again, talking about getting paid, we, we offer you the ability to get paid with a credit card or a bank transfer. Um, payroll, you want to employ somebody, but you've got to pay them. And those deductions and all of that, that's complicated. Not to worry. We've got that taken care of for you. And then through our Wave Advisors team, we offer coaching and bookkeeping services. So our whole, our whole business is designed around enabling small businesses to start and making it easy for them to start, to survive and thrive, all centered around really being customer obsessed and making sure that we understand our customer and our customer needs, and we can meet them at the intersection of those needs.
0: I mean, uh, this definitely resonates given that I myself run two small businesses, one, one here in the Netherlands where I live, uh, and, and also a small business in in Mexico and particularly things I mean invoicing okay fairly straightforward uh but when you start talking about things like accounting and taxes that is not the way I want to spend my time right like I have, o- <laughs> I have other other things in my calendar other things in my to-do list and particularly right. as, yeah. as uh generally a one-man show it's like okay what do I want to prioritize? I want to prioritize, you know, client engagements and things that are going to produce revenue, not like trying to understand right. some esoteric piece of like accounting rule or, or, or tax law. And so it really sounds like with the segment you're serving, in a way, what you're giving them back is is time to do what their core competency is. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. and And that's why they got into their business that they're in, because, you know, they're passionate about it. And so giving them the ability to invest in that passion to drive the potential of their business is what we want to be able to do. That back office work, we've got it covered for them. And we've got it covered in a, in a way that's simple. I've yet to meet a small business entrepreneur that says, you know, when I'm done my, my, my job at whatever time it is, I'm so excited about coming home and doing the books and, you know, figuring out the payroll and doing the taxes. That entrepreneur hasn't existed yet what they do love is the ability to continue to evolve and grow their business knowing that that's all being met for them in the back.
0: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm curious given the wide set of capabilities that Wave offers, do you find that most users mm-hmm. have a specific entry point like they're coming in because they need invoicing or they need accounting specifically um or do users start off on day 1 sort of using multiple products or multiple capabilities that you offer.
1: Yeah. So I talked about, you know, our our ability is to help businesses start second phase, survive. And then the third phase is, is the thrive. Right. And so right now our business was built on really creating a superior uh, and a very simple, easy to use invoicing and accounting service. That's where our customers usually find us as an entry point. The second thing, and probably not even second, I would say it's like, 1.1, 1.1 they go i need to get paid if they're offering if they're sending an invoice so it's great to send an invoice but you need action on the back end to drive revenue like you talked about right and so that's where the adoption of other products and services come into play like payments and so as our customer needs are, are evolving through survive and thrive we continue to see where it makes sense for us to provide products and solutions that really help them. So things like uh, payroll or advice from our wave advisors uh, that help them with bookkeeping and best practices, that's where we start to, um, you know, offer those services up to the customer. But really, it's they enter in through invoicing and accounting. They realize that they need to get paid, which is a good thing if you're a small business or any business for that matter. Um, so they enable payments wave and then they start to grow their business and they have more needs. And that's where we really start to help them with things like payroll and, and wave advisors. So our customers are loyal, which is great. Um, they don't want to stop using our product. We hear this all the time from them. And so, you know, you'll see us continuing to focus on building more solutions and products uh, into the survive and thrive Um, part of the business as well.
0: I mean, you highlight something that, uh, at least anecdotally for myself, has always been a, a major pain point, which is sort of ticking and tying between different systems, right? I mean, there's plenty of invoicing platforms out there. There's plenty of accounting platforms out there. But if you have all of these individual point solutions, it typically falls on you know the user, the in this case, you know the solopreneur or the you know the person right. who's running a small business, to then be connecting the dots between those different systems. So, like, okay, I I have all these invoice PDFs, but I still need to what email what it to I my do? client yeah. and then like give them payment instructions, and I need to then reconcile this stuff later to make sure that they really paid me and they paid me the right amount. You know, it, it sounds like I'm gonna use my least favorite business buzzword. It sounds like what you provide is synergy across these different capabilities where it's like okay in one spot I can generate this invoice, send it, provide a uh you know a portal for my client to pay it whether it's card right. or bank transfer and do the accounting tied to that. So so streamlining what you know sure I could go do this in like Google Sheets but I would spend you know half my day Friday right. doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, our customer, the customer that we we serve, as I mentioned, they want to focus on what they do best. They want to focus on their passion and, and growing that. Um, they don't want to be in the business of, you know, if I can use the term Frankensteining different apps <laughs> or figuring out how spreadsheet integrates with this app, which figures out my accounting. That's a lot of work for an entrepreneur, as I mentioned earlier, right? They are the CEO, the CMO, the CFO. You name the C-suite, they are because they're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur of a business of one to three people. And so what we do is we offer them the ability for this one-stop shop management tech stack. So don't worry about it, small business. You can pick what you need. You don't. There's no contracts, you're not tied down to anything. And we will continue to evolve and give you more products and services as your needs continue to grow and you move through the uh, the journey of starting to into survive and then eventually into into thrive. What we don't want to do is put out a plethora of choices and features where they get lost. And today, what we see is there are other organizations that do that. They have a superior. a great offering out there but it's really complicated for the small business because they're not sure what they need or what why they need it and why they pay that amount and so we want to make it really simple and that's you know every customer call that i've been on um, has been all about simplicity the customers that work with us today they love us for our simplicity and you know at the top of the call uh, jason you mentioned sitting at the top at the 10th floor of the ivory tower, it's really hard to understand your customer. And so one of the things that's really paramount to, to us is, you know, we talk about customer obsession, it's getting on the phone, it's getting in front of a customer and really putting yourselves into their boots and going, tell me about what a day in life is so that as we're building our products and solutions, it's tailored to how you as a customer are running your business.
0: Yeah, I mean, I noticed in looking through the site and looking through the offerings from that sort of go-to-market customer, customer acquisition, customer interface perspective, the invoicing and the accounting offerings are free while the other services, the ability to accept payments, mobile receipts, payroll advice are not. Can you sort of walk me through some of the logic around this pricing strategy? Are you finding that this freemium I don't know if you use the word freemium, so so feel free to push back on that. But, but is this approach right. to sort of customer acquisition and then monetization, are you finding it effective and something that resonates with the audience that you're speaking to, this sort of small entrepreneur, solo entrepreneur, small business?
1: Yeah, I think what we want to be able to do is not provide friction or a barrier for a small business to get started. And typically... While you might be the best at your trade and you know what you want to do to to go out there, businesses sometimes don't start because it's cost prohibitive. They have to figure out the software that's going to help them to do invoicing and accounting and those types of things. So we want to make that really, really easy for them to start. One of the things, again, going back to talking to our customers that I've heard over and over again is they actually, after they start using it, the willingness to pay. They ask us, "Can we pay you?" And if you're able to add, you know, feature A or feature B, is that something that's possible? Or do you have a payment solution, a payroll solution? We would love to use it. So, as as businesses start and their needs start to evolve, the businesses are also willing to pay for services that they need, and they they love it because even as they move into the paid services that we offer, the simplicity, the whole notion of providing things that are simple and easy to use doesn't go away. It's not like we start to complicate it now because you're paying for something. We keep it as simple as possible. So again, you can just focus on, you know, doing what you do best, building your business and driving your revenue and we take care of all the other stuff.
0: Across this robust set of capabilities, um, you know, I'm wondering from like a product management development standpoint, to what extent you know you guys have built these in house versus you know partnering with other service providers, either you know yeah. under the hood, so to speak, or even customer okay. facing um, to to provide these capabilities. I mean, I it's been a while since I've been a, a product manager managing a, a backlog of Jira tickets, uh, but I certainly remember the the fights <laughs> over resources. Uh, and the debates about well should we build this should we go you know buy this you know solution from a vendor should we partner with somebody to provide it i mean from you know from a product management standpoint how do you think about those trade offs of build versus buy or build versus partner and and you know to get what you have live and in production you know how have you sort of navigated those um those trade offs or those tensions
1: yeah so you know to make, you, to make you feel better, Jason, the, uh, the, the challenging conversations around what we build and what we, what we partner and all of that, those continue today. One of the things I would say, though, at Wave is that they're anchored around what is best for the customer. And so what's core to us today at Wave is our invoicing and accounting. We, as I mentioned earlier, like those are the two primary entry points where businesses um, come to us when they're starting. And so those are core to what we do so owning those and and being able to build them to deliver them to maintain it to, to continue to evolve it based on our customers needs and based on what our customer expects from us core to to in-house that's like our you know it's the bedrock of uh, of what we offer as we continue to expand and offer other solutions you know we we are using partners to offer different types of solutions like payments but things like payroll, hey, well, we built in house, and we continue though to look at ways that um, you know should we be building this because it's core and something that we want to ensure um, we can maintain, deliver, and, and own the experience, or does partnership offer us that opportunity? It meets the needs and desires of our customers. So again, it really comes down to. Um, If you put the customer at the heart and if you become customer obsessed around all of this, it becomes a lot easier to make the decisions and going, we definitely need to own that. And we've found a superior partner on this side here that can enable us to offer that to our customers cost-effectively and in a way that meets our standards, that way, what we want to present to our customer.
0: No, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. The way that I always thought about it when I was in those kind of roles was, you know, what is a uh, core competency, what is a differentiator versus what is a you know right. a commodity function that it's like, well, okay, I have to, you know, I I really want to offer payments, but like, am I going to go and build a payment solution and right. is that the business that I'm in? Or is this a commodity offering that I, you know, I can go out and contract, I can go out and use a service provider. I mean that actually, you know, lines up my next question very well, which is the sort of uh SMB like finance stack. I'm making air quotes around that for for listeners. <laughs> space uh, has become quite crowded. I mean, you already spoke a little bit yeah. to this, but I'm wondering if you can unpack how you differentiate versus other companies in this space.
1: Yeah I would say t- two things on that. Um, the first one is is really around the you know the big S word simplicity. We are built for the micro business owner. And we are a simple, easy to use all in one management solution. And so we don't, we're not here to, uh, you know bring every single bell and whistle uh, tied to those solutions to the customer because when you give people too much choice they choose nothing and they get confused and it becomes complicated. So simplicity is a big differentiator for us. The second one is we go beyond accounting. So what started off as, a, as an accounting solution 12 years ago, we've evolved into, hey, you're a business and you want to do it for customers and you want to get paid, so we're going to allow you to do that. And how we do that is through things like invoicing and payments. You want to grow, which means you probably are going to have employees. Well, we're going to make that easy for you too because we're going to provide you with a payroll solution. And now you've got questions about your business. You wanna understand how to how to run your business. What are the best practices? How do you do your bookkeeping? How do you ensure that the IRS or the CRA in Canada get what they need at the end of the year? We, we created you know, wave advisors around that. But again, all of those services and solutions are available to our customers to choose. And it's really around when in their journey does it make sense? For them to elect those services versus here's everything up front and here's a big bill that goes with it. It's more, you know, going back to it, it's around, really designed around the simplicity of our offering. And that's really what makes us different and what we hear from our customers all the time.
0: No, oh, I, I have to say, I really love the idea of the advice and coaching component to this. I mean, again, as somebody who's like needed to seek out professional accounting and tax advice at multiple points in my life. It's kind of wild how painful and painfully expensive <laughs> that has typically been, right. at least at least in my experience. Um, I do think it's interesting because the idea of offering this sort of human advice feels decidedly like non-tech company. Um, but again, I think for you know, particularly for small business owners, it can be crucial to have a trusted professional who can help you answer like complicated tax or accounting questions. Uh, can you sort of expand on that feature offering and explain a little bit, like, it, it, for a typical use case or a typical user, like what does what does that experience look like? What kind of what are the kinds of questions or topics uh, that small business owners are using that advice capability to, to address?
1: Yeah. And, you know, again, I mentioned in the beginning, like one of the things that uh, will prohibit a small business or an entrepreneur from taking their passion into reality is the fear of the things that they don't know what, how to do. And so they just don't get into business, which is really, um, it, it, it's really sad. And we want to take that fear away from them. And so giving you the ability to have that human touch and just being able to say to somebody on brand who gets it that, Hey, I really want to do this business. I don't understand bookkeeping or accounting or tax. If I try. Um, can you help me? And this person on the other end is there and understands where you, where you're starting from, where you're going to, and can walk you through it. Sometimes they can even take some of that burden off of you. Right, and so really having somebody there who's in your corner is what the is, is what Wave Advisors is, is truly all are, all about. So you're right; it is a non-tech solution, um, and I think the combination of having a real human that you can talk through, talk to, who can give you advice on best practices, give you advice on um, you know if you're deciding should I be spending more money here, or how do I manage my cash flow. Um, I'm thinking of doing this with my business. They can give you some guidance for you to consider as you're making that decision. And it really becomes helpful. It's a combination of the human touch and technology in a world where, you know, everything today is very much app based, press a button and it works. Um, That's great. But sometimes you also want to be able to talk to somebody and say, help me, here's what I'm trying to do. And that's what Wave Advisors offers to our micro business owners.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that combination is really, really important. I mean, different—a bit of a different problem space or different vertical. But I think one of the reasons why robo-advisors in the consumer investment space kind of never lived up to the potential and the hype that they had was, you know, for an average person who's sort of thinking about managing, you know, saving for their retirement, they probably want more than like seeing some charts and graphs on an app like this is you know, one of the most important decisions in their life. Right. And they probably want to talk to a human person uh, to provide more context, even if you know the investment portfolio that an app spits out is you know theoretically, like mathematically ideal on a risk adjusted basis, like it's an emotional decision, as well as being a totally sort of intellectual optimization. And I, I'm glad to see somebody sort of understanding that and putting those pieces together.
1: And if you think about that too, it's, it's, it's emotional, but for a lot of these people, it's their business, it's their livelihood too. And it's maybe the one or two people that they employ, it's their livelihood. So they really, they really want to to get this right. And sometimes they probably have the right answers themselves. It's basically being able to talk to somebody and, and put that into action and take the fear and the intimidation out of it. Right. And, that's what we hear from our customers all the time is that wave advisors it just makes me feel good that i'm i can and i can run my business and they give me the right advice that i can then action on
0: i mean speaking of of uh fear the last one uh last year or so has not been an easy one for companies you know in the startup space and the fintech space uh there's been a fairly rapid reorientation from know messaging from investors, VCs, you know, growth, market share, user numbers, these sort of vanity metrics to all of a sudden the uh laws of financial gravity apply and we need to worry about unit economics, profitability, go figure. Um, you know, as this con- <laughs> as this context has shifted in the last you know 12 or 18 months, I imagine that sort of your roadmap and your priorities may have shifted as well, you know, what are some of your key focus areas, you know, for the company, for the product, for the rest of 2023?
1: Yeah, you know, I mentioned we have a loyal customer base, but we don't want to rely and, and on those laurels. We don't want. We want to make sure that we're continuing to deliver value to our customer, who in turn is willing to provide value back to us. So we can continue to invest in we're really zeroing in on that customer experience and customer value so that we can, you know, maximize what they're getting from, from Wave. And when that happens, they in turn will continue to, you know, use our products and services and any that we buy that will be in service to their business, they'll continue to do that. Everybody on our team um, is looking at things from a commercial perspective as well and going, do we need that? Do we not need that? Again, under the lens of, does it have impact our experience in a positive way when we make that decision for our customer and what they need? And so I talked about it the beginning and I'll reiterate it again, customer obsession is at the, is at the cornerstone of everything that we do there. Um, we're also looking at ways in which we can just improve our product deliver a, an even higher quality financial service product, uh, a financial stack that our customers want. And so you know we're looking at multiple different partners. you talked about partnership before, we're looking at multiple partners that can really help us um, to do that. And additionally, like how can those partners help us to reach uh, new users who may not have wave waiver, or may not understand the value that we can bring to them? and and leveraging those resources to scale our business and also help start our our customer's business as well. Um, Again, it's, for for me and for Wave, like I'm extremely, extremely passionate about delivering financial inclusion for what is called this underserved segment of, of small business, right? If you look at the statistics today, 40, 45% somewhere in there of small businesses feel that their needs are being met. In North America, that's that's pretty low. And so we want to be the voice for small business. And we want to be the advocate for small business so that they have their voices heard and have their needs met. We haven't we have a huge opportunity in front of us, collectively as an industry, and specifically for WAVE to really uh, give this cohort power in the financial system and be their advocate. And you know, over the next few years, that's my goal is to make sure that WAVE is that voice, is that advocate for small business, so that they can do what they do and crush it and do it really well. And we can do the stuff in the back end that enables them to do what they do so well.
0: I think that is a fantastic mission. I like to think that I've asked you some pretty good questions, but is there anything I haven't asked about Wave that I should have?
1: Yeah, just one of the things that I wanted to talk about. You know, we um, we I talked about some of the industries that that we service for, for, for um, micro businesses, and one of the one of the segments is is the creator economy, and again, a very an underserved. of the economy today from a small business perspective and so um, that economy has been growing from 2019 to 2022 it doubled to over 104 billion dollars in size right it's 104 billion with a big b in the front so it's big Um, it you know an adobe study found that one in four are contributing to the creator economy and we only hear about the big ones that make it, uh, you know, on YouTube or, or whatever, uh, platform it might need not hear about the ones that are starting up or the ones that are trying different things. And so, um, with the shorties, we've, uh, we've, so we're supporting what, what we call the, um, uh, elevate creatives fund. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited about this because it really supports the creator, uh, segment of small business, uh, economy. And we will be providing a fund of one hundred thousand dollars, twenty thousand dollars per business that uh, that is selected. So there's five awards totaling hundred thousand dollars, plus free services from Wave Advisors for coaching and bookkeeping to really help these businesses start and you know evolve uh, in their in their growth journey. Um, the applicants. The applications are open till September fifteenth, and the awards will be made uh, in November. Based on everything that I'm seeing coming in so far, it's there's some great applications that are coming in. Um, so, you know, to your listeners out there, if this uh, if this meets your needs, get your application in. I think it's a great opportunity for uh, to help your business. And also allow Wave to, you know, help you with the bookkeeping and coaching services that we offer as well, so that you can focus on doing um, all the great things that you do.
0: We will include a link to that in the show notes. Definitely sounds like an audience that could benefit from the tools that you offer. I I have to remember, like, not everyone is as much of a nerd as I am, and like enjoys googling like tax regulation and trying to figure out how to optimize like my deductions. I I have to imagine the. Uh, the typical creator in a non-financial vertical is probably not uh, right. wanting to spend his or her time doing that. <laughs> <sighs> Zaheer, I'm afraid that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining me. For those that want to follow you or to learn more about Wave, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on the on the show today, Jason. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure to to talk about it. For anyone that wants to learn more about Wave, you can visit our website, which is www.waveapps.com. You can follow us or or learn more about us on our LinkedIn page as well, uh, Wave HQ, or on on Instagram. So we're on social channels, and you can also go directly to our website.
0: Okay, follow them on socials. Check out the website. Until next time, thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Jason.